Hello and welcome to Die For You Worlds 2022 Episode 1. I'm recording this today after week one of groups. Shout out to merch.riotgames.com for providing us with some Worlds merch, including this LeBlanc statue, this very large hoodie. Highly recommend it if you're a fan of oversized stuff. You can pick yours up at merch.riotgames.com. Uh, I'm Dracos. Across from me is the wonderful Zale. Hello. To my right, my partner in crime, perpetually, none other than Cadrill. What's up? <laughs> What's up, gang? Who spent the last two minutes growling into the microphone before we started this podcast? Hey, you guys were really hyping up the intro, and then I don't know. I don't know if you if you know, but in the dive, when you say the episode, it's got to be episode one of the dive. Oh, you know, you really? got Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. episode one of Dive Foria in New York. Thank baby. you. That was way better. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, yeah. Like Draco like said it, his intro, the intro was his only contribution. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, it's not looking good. All right, I'll leave now. I don't know and if you're going to be just, coming back for the fine. next episode. You know that's the doors over there, buddy. I just, the call time's really tough for me, guys. Much your buddy, pal. <laughs> <laughs> we just talk to each other now and just Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Can we get like a screen? No, I'm kidding. Just, just turn your chair a little bit, you know? Uh-huh. No, I see no, it as we go to New York, you find a cooler You find a cooler friend no, just out the window in a heartbeat. You're just like, ooh, look at that opportunity to roast you. Look, we came across the world together. We can't have, you know. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. All right. We tease the ones we love <laughs> yeah sure uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um gentlemen it was a wild group stage one i feel like i had a lot of expectations most like of should, them pretty low for my region i feel like I'd have, i should have some sunglasses that i just put on right now and it says euphoria along the top <laughs> i should yeah. have brought something like that. it's feeling like a good time um we are again in a situation where we're seeing a clear top three um which i would to be fair was ready for a top two and then an everyone else coming into the tournament but lck uh lpl and lec all doing Pretty dang well. No surprises in, in the first two, but I think LEC a pleasant surprise. But overall, like what what do you think caught you guys the, the most off guard in terms of looking at the top three when we came into this? I mean, groups? how competitive it is, right? Yeah. I, th- I think that's the biggest thing. Um, no teams have looked in- infallible. You know, JDG hasn't lost, but they literally almost lost their game, their first game to EG. Gen G did lose, right? Top yep. has lost two games. Yep. Um, those were my big three coming into the tournament. I think probably pretty much everyone's big three coming into the tournament, right? So uh, everyone, everyone has looked very, very beatable. I think the EU teams are more competitive. Um, than people were expecting, largely. Like, Fnatic, I think, was hard to predict because they showed some really good games in LEC, so they showed some really bad games in LEC. Um, people weren't, I think, certain like how they were going to necessarily stack up on on, on the group stage. Yeah. They obviously looked really good in play-ins, which I think built confidence coming into group stage, and they've kind of continued that. Um, but in general, I think that the, the big dogs have been less impressive than I expected. And um, some of the teams that I, I was expecting to be on the, on the fringe mm-hmm. have been more impressive, like pushing their way up into that conversation. Yeah, I think for me, there was two big t- turning points in this group stage of like realization of, wow, we can be competitive. We collectively as the LEC, can we collect competitive against LCK and LPL? The first one was when Fnatic beat T1. That was yeah. like a, a game which I don't think anyone thought Fnatic would win. And all of a sudden they did a really fantastic game where it just looked kind of one-sided for them from the get-go when it comes to skirmishes and things. And well, it's like matching bot jungle, which we were unsure yeah. it would work. The second one was Rogue beating top esports because We've now taken out the second seed from the LSK and the second seed from the LPL in convincing fashion to the point where it's not games that they're throwing away in a sense. It's just games where they're progressively getting leads and it's hard to fault what they're doing wrong. Yeah, and I think there was this aura of untouchability, especially for T1 to a certain degree after their day one performance against EDG where you look at the compositions on paper and you're like, there is no way T1 win this. And then they just spend the entire game styling on EDG and then they draft a very similar composition against Fnatic. And I frankly was ready for the exact same thing to happen. Um, But Fnatic like held their ground, outscaled, played super well. And it's a thing that the 
I was not ready for it all. Like this was not a euphoria year for me. Like as an EU pundit, I'm supposed to be like, I I don't I doubted them every. I've doubted all of our teams literally every step of the yeah, way. I always doubted I, them. Like, that's like I feel like that's that's my equivalent of the Kobe moment. Like I cannot in good conscience say that I like thought any of this would happen because Fnatic were super messy and like. While you could give them the benefit of the doubt on showing a better form than they did domestically, and we did, they did get the time as you highlighted to ramp up through plans. There was like nothing on paper other than like blind faith that I could really like bet on in terms of like how their ceiling would look on an international mm. stage. But Humanoid has been very good. I think the team across the board has been great. Um, and it's been like outside of the most egreg egregiously terrible level one in that EDG game. It's been like yeah. relatively smooth sailing. Um, Rogue were a mystery too, despite their performance in finals. I think it's safe to say, and I've like, they've obviously been crushing it. And G2, I think as expected, have been struggling. But even then, even in games where I thought that they would just straight up lose, the, the JD gaming game, a, a great example, they like made it super, super competitive. I found it very interesting. You say G2 as expected are struggling, but I feel like we're talking to analysts and even a lot of people from EU, everyone was saying they had more faith in G2 than in Rogue. Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah. Well, here's the thing is I think that like Rogue, because for so long, we've just gotten used to Rogue disappointing us. Rogue having these incredible regular seasons and then yep. like falling flat and a lot of the things that they were doing domestically and best of ones just not transitioning to important best of fives. Um, and internationally, they were still untested. And like, that's part of the reason why I think I love the Rogue story so much is not because they were like, people were like, they can do it. It's because like literally everyone was like, they can't do it. <laughs> like they're, they're like literally forcing their way into every okay, conversation. Okay, Fnatic, but for sure you're going to lose yeah, to G2 gonna, this but time. But also for sure you're going to lose to Fnatic next time. You know, yeah, for, for sure, sure you're going to lose to Top Esports next time. For yeah. sure you're going to lose to, you know, and now it's like, now I think the faith for is there. For real this time, week two. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I, I feel... I mean, I feel a little bit bad, but also I just like, you know, I'm I'm ready for them to prove me wrong over and over again. I think G2, my biggest concern was um, their bot lane stepped up a lot during MSI, but was like a clearer weak point in the final series against Rogue. And I was really sweating when we look at the caliber of bot lanes present in a lot of these groups, and maybe less so in their group, admittedly, than in some of the other groups. I was really concerned about how Flak and Targums were going to do. And so far, I don't, they just haven't had a great tournament thus far. The JD Gaming was a great example. Targums was getting caught out a ton on Alistair and they did turn a lot of those fights. They did drag yeah. it late enough. BB on the uh, on the Darius, I was skeptical about. They did make a lot of things work, but it's just not there yet, it feels like, for the, the G2 yeah. bottom line. Yeah. Um, it's been a couple best of ones, uh, three best of ones, of course, and one of them, it felt like you could rule it out because Caps was playing Seraphine. It didn't look like G2 in didn't the look first like a G2 day. Draft. Like an orange Seraphine comp for G2 with a Caitlyn lane on bot. It's like, this is more of like a roguish comp, you know, yeah. swap the Seraphine out for a control mage. Um, and then their game against JDG, against EG, sorry. I felt like EG kind of handed it to them on a silver platter in the sense that their draft was so one-dimensionally telegraphed that if EG did not make plays everywhere, then G2 would just win by and default. And then inspired with 0, zero, zero yeah. at like 20 minutes. And then there's literally 0, zero, zero 20 minutes. So after the first two games, I was like, G2 is one on one, but I don't think we've seen G2 yet. This is not really what G2 has been like domestically. And then the JDG game was G2. Like yeah. Seraphine Alistar bot, supportive bot lane, caps on Silas, BB on Darius, or like some carry top and then go from there. And I think JDG made a huge mistake that game and like almost threw the entire thing away by just yeah. overchasing into the red side jungle. And then G2 kind of threw it back towards them, but the game was quite competitive. What I will say was, I think another reason why a lot of people doubted Europe's chances this, this time around at Worlds was Rogue and G2 were like almost the last teams to arrive in, in New York. And they were scrimming each other. I was talking to Odo for a week straight. Like they had seven days of scrims against each other on, the, on like double sets. 
And it's just, you're scrimming the same team over and over. So you just create your own scrim meta where like yeah. all of a sudden Lucian Nami is being played by Rogue and you don't really know what the Eastern teams are playing. And Fnatic wasn't scrimming at all. So you come to a tournament where Europe has its own meta with two teams and one team's not scrimming. And you're kind of like, well, why didn't we go earlier to New York? Why didn't we go a week earlier and scrim like T1 and stuff? They were there earlier. We weren't playing champs queue. Like, what, what are we doing? Oh, God, it doesn't look like we're very well prepared here. We sound like, I'm so sorry. I think we sound like such babies. We're like, oh, all our teams, I don't know what to do. You know, like, oh. But I mean, I think it is. It's like from an EU international fan perspective, you just had this like G2 safety blanket for so many years. <laughs> yeah, consecutively. So cozy, you're like, like oh, <laughs> everyone else went up in flames. It's fine. Like G2 won't let me down. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rogue blanket's on fire over like, there and it's like, put it on. You can live the life rogue on the blanket edge. is literally packaged up and it's nice. But, you know, but it's like off brand and you're like, Ah, you know, mm, you know, like you're like I don't, mm, you know, like it's yeah, like literally yeah. right there. The yeah. G two blanket some years is like sopping wet. It's dirty as hell, <laughs> but it's like the one you've had since you were a kid, so you just don't want to let it go. It's and, nice and worn in. Yeah, it's, it's nice really and comfortable. Like, it fits the you one perfectly. is clearly nice and shiny, but you just don't trust it. You're nope. like, nope, nope, nope. You need to you need to take that leap of faith, and uh, I think a lot of people have faith in in Rogue now uh, yeah. from the trio. Um, we'll say we'll see how the group stage progresses, but yeah, G two I think is the t one team which is underperforming out of the three of yeah. the European teams. Yeah. Um, despite their competitive game against JDG, that one game looks really tough in the EG game. I'm not so sold on just yet, uh, but Rogue seemed like very, very dominant the way they play the game. Fnatic, the, the game they lost against EDG, if that level one didn't happen, I wonder what the game would look like. I'm surprised they brought it back to the point of like winnable, you know, when yeah. Sivir has three kills at six minutes. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I, yeah, they had a couple of incredible plays. I mean, like, Humanoid absolutely popping off in that fight was he is fantastic. A man possessed. I I'm so surprised by Humanoid. Like it's got to be the best league he's ever played. I feel like from uh, like through plans into I groups, he's been just amazing. Basically, there was maybe there was a one Akali game where he was like okay. Every other game, it feels like he's just smurfing. I uh, but he's played, I think he's played three games of his ear in a row. Yeah, and um, he might stop I might, getting. I don't, it. Uh, don't think he'll get his ear. Yeah, his ear is looking pretty good. European yeah. teams in his ear, man. Apart from Caps, everyone's just playing. Yeah, Larson and Humanoid are just kind of maining like his ear right now. So it's like, please don't ban it. <laughs> well, and I think the big thing for Humanoid is he's a player that's like been very open about in the past about motivation issues or burnout. And I think that he's always a player that has he rises to the level of the competition. You know what I mean? Like he might look like absolute just like clown ass in regular season in LAC, just yeah, like, like dicking BDS around, you know, you know, like he's just dying to like yeah. random, like they got their on award coming into his lane. He's like, eh, you know, like just accepts his fate. But then at Worlds, he's like his time to shine. You know, he's just absolutely unchained. Like yeah. he's been saving himself for this moment. Yeah. Cause That's I think that sane. it's, it's easy to forget in the context of this year that Humanoid was by far our best mid laner last year. Like, by far, like far and away none. Like, mm -hmm. and admittedly, like Caps and G two were a hot mess inside and outside. What you saw on stage and what you from what we've heard behind the scenes. So hard for Caps to perform that year, but still, Humanoid was really incredible. But it's crazy to see, especially after a pretty rough domestic year, that we're finally seeing that again on international stage. This is his fourth world, isn't it? Humanoid twenty nineteen, you got out of groups with Splice and played T one, got knocked out. 2020 was the Mad Lions incident. 2021, <laughs> where they got out of groups and uh, faced... There was another Mad Lions incident. This <laughs> I'm sorry, you mean <laughs> the, the first Mad Lions? The first <laughs> Mad Lions incident. So we don't talk about the second one. And then this is his fourth year at World. So as much as he's not really in a new face anymore to the no. league, really, is he? He's kind of like an established... Yeah, we should player. go back and talk about planes again, really. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. After EGB Mad Lions, you know, I got really excited. I blacked out. 
Um, <laughs> you know, I just woke up here. Just woke up here. So I'm ready for the first day of Worlds. You're ready for the yeah. first day yeah, of Worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really excited. You know, uh, NA is looking really good. We 3-0 to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we have a good shot. I yeah. think I'm feeling, I'm feeling, <laughs> right, I'm feeling right. positive. Uh, I mean, like, why well, we can use this opportunity. It's it's your time to take the floor, Isaac. You know, like oh, we can God. do this. Like you know, like hey, Isaac, I'm Isaac. I'm an NA fan. Like you know, like how do you want to start this? You want to like, you know, how do you how do you want to kick this off? Hi, I'm Isaac, and I'm addicted to the LCS. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I don't know, man. I mean, what Talk can you say? Us. Right? You laugh or you cry. Uh, it, it's been brutal. Um, I will say that. My my expectations were not like that all our teams were going to do well or anything close yeah. to that. Uh, I had EG fourth in their group. I had 100 Thieves third or fourth in their group. Um, so those ones feel less shocking to me. EG, I know people are being pretty harsh on them, but I, I almost am just willing to give them a straight up pass. You are literally playing with an Academy 80 carry that you've yeah. been playing with for, I guess it's a bit over a month now, but about a month, right? Yeah. Um, you know they're they're not playing with their star player, right? Like it's it's first team All Pro eighty carry. They're not playing with him. Um, I think they have actually been the most competitive of our teams at Worlds, uh, unfortunately in groups. Even though they're zero three, yep. you know they almost took down JDG. Hundred Thieves. I'm gonna be honest. I just didn't. Ha- I didn't feel like they were in in the best form, and I feel like their play style isn't really suited to playing against teams that are that they're underdogs against. They yeah. generally play really slow. And when you play slowly um, against teams that you're not favored against, you generally don't give yourself a lot of chances, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that they could beat CFO. I mean, realistically, they could still maybe beat CFO in the second round. Maybe they do actually get third in the group and then whatever, they're about where I thought they would be. Um, though I will say less competitive in some of the individual games, but I will give credit to Someday, who I think has had some really good lanes. Oh, yeah. He was clapping yeah. Doran up that one game. <clears throat> there have been some like individual moments, I think, from from the different uh, players and stuff who have who have had some kind of shining moments. Mm. Um, the the big disappointment for me is definitely C nine. Not to say that C nine is like playing so much worse than the other teams, but just that I had more hope that they could be competitive. Um, I think that's like, I mean, there's there's a lot you can say, right? At the end of the day, it's never going to be just one thing when your teams have lost nine games in a row. Yeah. Um, you know, I can talk about the drafts. I think that the NA teams had a pretty poor read on the on the meta coming in. Yep. You know, you talked about um, the EU teams are just screaming each other. Like, are they going to have a good read? Well, it turned out that they did have a pretty solid read. I think NA was overprioritizing Sejuani, taking it over over Maokai. I think we overprioritized Fiora. We overprioritized MF. Right. There's a, a lot of different picks. Clearly, there was a focus a lot on early game on these like MF with not consistent damage comps, the Nidalee game, the like there's been a lot of this where clearly the read I think is off. But it's that's it's very obvious that it's not just that, right? Yeah. If it was just that, you would still have you would still have wins, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I mean it's it's unfortunately it's a lot of things, right? Um, you know, you look at the last C9 game, I was pretty happy with that draft. Uh top was like an absolute canyon, right? You know, um, and at the end of the day, some, sometimes it is just like individual players just getting completely gapped. Sometimes yeah. it's it's team decisions or kind of like mental errors. You look back to the EG JDG game, um, you know, just over pushing on mid and getting caught in a game that was really mm-hmm. well in control for them that they could have taken soul in one. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. At the end of the day, the teams just aren't playing very well. I don't think they had a good read on the meta and um, and they're they're getting gapped. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to watch, right? A lot of the games don't feel competitive and... Um, I mean, I, I've watched every single LCS game for the last like seven years, whether it's international or regional. I, I've watched every game, literally yeah. every single game. I love these teams. I love the league. I love the players. It hurts, man. It hurts to watch. It really does. Um, 
it's 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 just like depressing yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's really really tough uh like i was watching games with you yesterday right and yeah. it's like it's this constant battle between like you almost don't want to care because you like you start to feel really dejected yeah. but then i can't help myself and yeah. like the smallest thing goes goes right in the game and i'm right there and i'm like i'm gonna fucking do it oh you know like and I'm, I'm all perked up and i'm like all right all right all right we're in there we gotta close the guy double kill okay okay yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and then it starts going bad again and it's like you know it's yeah, like why, yeah, why did yeah. i why did i get back in but but i mean that's that's sports and that's <laughs> fandom and and like you know we've had tough times as lcs fans internationally a lot of times right yeah. we had the zero ten week two years ago at worlds and stuff so you know I, i'm not going to say that the hope is all completely gone because for me it never will be and also say that because the lcs often struggles internationally when we do have those moments for me it's so exciting right you know yeah. like uh jokingly we we're talking a little bit about the play-in stuff but like you know is winning a bo5 in play-ins the biggest deal in the world no it's not in the grand scheme of things as far as worlds <laughs> but like for me that felt like winning worlds right like yeah. like it felt so good and and because we don't usually win those those matches right like usually we lose the tiebreakers eg won both their tiebreakers usually we're gonna lose the bo5 against against you we won the bo5 like those moments feel so good um and we are removed from that i know now but um yeah it's it's so i'm, I'm gonna be still cheering for the teams i'm gonna still be hopeful i'm i'm hoping that the teams can can pivot and can play with more confidence often sadly any teams play best after all the hope is gone you know like yeah 100 thieves last year all right you're out okay now let's go beat edg who's gonna win worlds right you know like yep. um it's it's almost always that thing where our teams i think play play without fear once it no longer matters yep. so I'm, I'm hopeful that we're still going to get wins i'm hopeful that the teams can maybe turn something around do i think any of the teams are getting in groups no it, i think it was really hard to get out of the groups even starting on even keel yeah and now we're we're down three games in, in every group so no i don't think any of our teams are going to get out but um i'm still going to be cheering i'm still hopeful and um yeah i'll be with them till the bitter end i appreciate your fandom yeah. Even if it means that every year we're at Worlds together, you're sitting in a hotel room with me, like, it's sad. <laughs> just so sad. I've been sad a lot this year. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I mean, what can I say? It's yeah. just, it's like, I, I love cheering for the LCS, man. Yeah. It's it's how it is. It's like, it's, it's you know, for, for all, like, all the things that people can talk about, it's like, that's that's how I grew up, right? Like I grew up watching yeah. watching sports. I was a Raptors fan literally since they came into the league. Not that I like knew what the hell was going on because I was a little kid when they came into the league, right? But they came into the league in the nineties. My dad watched basketball, so like I followed them for for years and for years and years and years. It's like they weren't that good. They were never really like gonna win. And then a couple of years ago, they actually win the championship, and it was like the most mind blowing feeling, right? Because yeah. I've been watching Damn. this team for for like over twenty years, right? Mm -hmm. And so so to me, like it's. Uh, like the fact that LCS is doing poorly does not make me want to go like, you know what? Let's go like, let's, I'm going to be an LPL fan. Like I love watching great league of legends and I'm, and I'm happy to cheer for other teams and watch those teams and enjoy those games. But it would never be the same for me. Um, you know, to just be like, all right, I'm just going to go cheer for the best team and then watch them win. Like I wouldn't have that same That's level true. of satisfaction. It's so funny. Cause as a kid, I always got like, people would come and take me to blazers games growing yeah. up, but they were bad when I was a kid. They were yeah. like crack. What sport is this? This is, this is basketball. Oh, okay. Um, 
So this team, this team like went through a period where like every one of their players was getting arrested. <laughs> they're called the Trailblazers, and that was when I was watching this team, and I was like a kid. Uh, they're called Portland Trailblazers. They're called the Geoblazers because everyone was getting arrested, and they which were not. They weren't doing hot, and so I like did the exact opposite of what Isaac did, and just was like, right, I'm not gonna watch these guys anymore. <laughs> and I feel like you know I was in NA. I left. I'm like, all right, I'm going to EU, and I feel like our childhood fandom reflects reflects our choices. Just go to this region. This region yeah. seems. I mean, you've been with the LEC for so long, though. It's it, the, to be fair, I was there for the G two shit years. Like yeah. I was, I was there for the bad years too. Well, and and it's it's like my point is not to say, oh, your fandom isn't real or anything. It's like you can cheer for whoever you want to cheer for. It's just yeah. like I'm ride or die with the LCS, man. It's no. just it's just the way it is. Yeah, I just thought that that was funny. Just thinking about like childhood basketball experiences, and comparing them to current fandom. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, like people should should cheer for whoever they're excited about. I think sticking with it through thick and thin, though, is part of what makes it an enjoyable process, even if like. Yeah, because if you're just if you're just jumping every time, it's 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 cheap cheap highs, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was an EDG fan last year, and now I'm well. Let's see who gets out of groups, and Who's then I'll decide. Three, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of it, Rogue fan now. Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> Can we convert you to the church of the yeah, LEC? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, nice. Once 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 groups is over and like the, what? the death blow has been dealt, I, can, I I I always want because I want it, I want worlds to be competitive, yeah. right? I don't. I think it's way less interesting if it's just like. All right, LPL has the four best teams, and top four is LPL, and like they just crap on everyone, and you know how it's gonna end, right? LPL like ultimate season. Like I, I cheer for, like for competitiveness and for for competition between the regions. So like straight up, yeah. Like when if when NA is is not playing EU, like I'm always gonna cheer for for NA then. But like yeah. when they're not, I want the LEC teams to do well because yeah. I think it's more exciting when there's when there's other regions that are competitive, <laughs> right? And I, I I love seeing those upsets no matter who it comes from. It's the same reason. That when you know Vietnam is playing, I'm cheering for them, and when CFO is playing, not against Hundred Thieves, uh, <laughs> then I'm cheering for them, right? Like because I think it's fun to see the upsets. I, fun, I think it's fun to see the excitement and the uncertainty of of week one, like of worlds, like of, of groups, is always what makes it the most magical time of worlds for me. Like this is yeah. my favorite time, not this year, but in general, <laughs> this is my favorite time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree completely. I think that. I think the thing that is nice about this tournament, even with NA's, uh, you know, unfortunate performances is that like, and you've hit on this a little bit already, is that no one feels untouchable in the tournament so far. Like obviously Except they're... NA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one can match No one us. can tell the pariah. Just like, just like, don't go No one can lose nine like, times in a row <laughs> but us. Don't take that from me. <laughs> okay. All right. You are, in that case, untouchable. You are unmatched. No one comes close oh to you. It's like God. radiation poisoning. Yeah, you know, I just don't say, really like, want to yeah, touch it, yeah, but it is untouchable. You know, like, mm, I don't know, man. Oh, my God. Don't want any of that. Anyway, I mean, you got three. You got Rogue, you got RNG, and you got JDG. But, like, I, I feel like... We could very easily see most of these teams, and probably will see most of these teams drop a game in the second week. Once there's been other team, once I don't think there's deck. ever been a team that's won worlds that's not lost a game in group stage. Uh, I remember seeing the scores like five on five on five on four two. A lot of these, I never really saw a six six zero. I remember Longshu went six zero in their group with worlds, but then they yeah. got knocked out in the quarters or the semis. And that was Didn't T one have a run where they almost went like undefeated? I thought. One of their early tournaments. Yeah, surely. one of the early tournaments. Probably, yeah. I think I saw the post from like season six, so maybe there was like a season. Because their first world championship was like 3 3 no? Yeah, yeah I, I, I can't remember. But yeah, generally people do drop games, right? Yeah. Like almost always. Um, 
And I, you know, I, I do think I do think most teams will probably drop games, um, if not all. Yeah. It, it has looked very competitive. Like even it's like JDG is three zero. Well, you literally almost lost to the zero three mm-hmm. team in your group, mm-hmm. EG, right? Like all these teams that are still at the top um, have had some close calls. I think. Mm. Um, so I definitely think it's it's possible for everyone to drop games, but. Uh, I mean, I think the interesting thing is 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 more talking about like have, have your tournament favorites actually changed at all through this, right? Because we talked about the big big three obviously coming in. Like, who who is your big three now? Like, if you had to choose your three most likely teams to win worlds, yeah, who is it now? Like, did it actually change? Do you believe now that Rogue? could actually win worlds or are you still just like hey you're you're pretty darn good you're gonna make quarters mm. you know what i mean like that that's what is that's where like it, it comes down to uh to brass tacks where you have to actually kind of decide yeah so i think in everyone's eyes the big top three were always top esports jdg genji yep because top esports jdg are almost like sister teams now with how competitive <clears throat> they are against each other in, i mean in it was 10 fives. games into yeah, best of five how, yeah, how close it is uh, for me, when I was looking at Worlds, I said um, I said a couple of weeks ago, I think that Damwon RNG are the two teams which I think could actually contest the title and are the two teams that people are like uh, overlooking for um, contesting the world title. So those two would be in my wheelhouse right now after group stage still. The third team that I would add, I'm not sure because Top Esports looks vulnerable. Um, JDG, despite them being 3-0, all three of their games have been competitive to the point where it's losable yeah you know the eg yeah. game very losable the g2 game they almost threw it all away the damn one game was really back and forth so putting that in was the, a banger game that was a really good game the mechanics like watching that was my favorite game watching players at the peak level of mechanics on their champions push it to the limit in fights to like the, yeah. the minute like split second like difference makers it's just it's the most fun thing to watch ever um maybe i just nerd out when i watch it but it's just so sick no yeah, um dude. Putting the third team in is quite difficult for me um, because Group A is so competitive and there's no favorite. Um, I think Fnatic T1 and EG are all tied. Uh, group B, obviously JDG look slightly vulnerable. And the question is, do you put JDG in there? Um, so give me your, your your top three now, not yeah, a, yeah. not adding top in three. top three. Is, Just so, top three. Uh, because top you three said for it was, the it was Gen.G, yeah. JDG, and top. So my, my top three will be RNG, RNG, Dan 1, JDG, I think. Okay, so both top and Gen.G have been knocked out. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I just lose faith in top esports is one two right now. They lost to DRX and Rogue, right? Yeah. Um, this team just doesn't look very competitive. Like Wayward, Wayward domestically was quite a strong top laner. Yeah. Like he was not contesting the likes of three six nine, but he was. He could neutralize or not get gapped. Uh, neutralize is a good word because I think his most played was Nar, and that's how yeah. he used his 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 play to neutralize enemy top laners. He was always like the. The new kid on the block joking around, like spamming emotes every time he yeah. kills you or spamming emotes every time he dodges skill shots. But that didn't look like Wayward Nar in their game against Rogue. He was, he was six. Yeah, he, he was really underperforming and he made so many like random <clears throat> mistakes. And I don't want to say he was choking or he was nervous, but just watching up. You can tell by the way a player is playing to the point where they're playing defensive, but then they over aggressive in one play or one fight, which is just an overextension. So it feels like it's overforced. And that's how you can kind of judge how they're feeling as a player. And I think Wayward was really uncomfortable. Um, and they didn't strike me like the top esports from from the LPL. Uh, maybe maybe we we looked at the JDG top esports series and we were like, wow, these teams are both like S plus tier. But then coming into it, maybe they are just not that high as we thought, or like the difference between them and top teams from other regions I mean, wasn't that big. 
It's also you never know. There's so many intangibles when it comes to the time between your playoffs patch and worlds. There's patch changes. The patch changes are big. Going to another country. There's playing in another country, playing on a stage you know that isn't as a home crowd. And there, to be fair, there are a lot of LPL fans here, but you never know what that that big shift is going to be. Because I still feel like I look at JDG to be fantastic. You know what I mean? I think the one that I I feel like Genji still has to be in the discussion because that loss. Like that draft was like that random ass singe pick was bad. And this team is still individually incredible. I have concerns about Doran if you want to stack them up against like the other potential front runners for by someday even. Yeah. Um, And I think some of that is that I I think that a lot of the Aatrox counters just aren't don't feel real to me. Like they just and credit to someday he did play fantastically. But I I feel like I'm not ready to count Genji out of my top three yet. Definitely Genji, definitely JDG. Third one is hard. I think Partially because, like you highlighted, Group A feels so uncertain. I really liked what we saw from EDG, specifically against Fnatic. I'm liking Flandre on Gragas. I just Flandre Gragas just did it for me. That like got me fired up. Something about that belly, dude. Something about that he belly, did boy. You rebooted, it, bro. You can't like it. No, it's gonna be. Wonder literally never procked a, a brittle proc. He just got belly bombed. He put his hands up and Flandre was like, Dude, no. Gregas ults in those fights, when, you, when you're playing a front-to-back comp, comp yeah. Gregas is so good against front-to-back yeah. because you just sit in a sit in a bush on a pink when they contest mid-wave. You just throw your ult randomly, see if you hit a frontliner, chunk out the front, and then you can start to move up. So yeah. that Gregas pick was actually pretty I, good. I feel good about JDG. I feel good about Genji. RNG is the other one that feels really strong to me, but I... It's hard for me to know, again, because I think that the struggle of this group specifically is that like that Gen G, that first Gen G game just felt like bad data. You know what I mean? Because the draft yeah. felt so bad. The game felt so lost so soon. So I want to see more from RNG before I have like full faith in RNG. But I, I don't know. Ming's I, looking good. And I really love when a support player is looking good on an international stage in a meta where once Yumi's banned, we get to play real champions. Like that feels I, I don't know if you agree with my take on Gen G, but I look at their game against, for example, 100 Thieves, where Doran's getting quote unquote smashed. They're able to cross map really easily topside. Uh, yep. Their bot advantage was decent, but not to the point where like FBI was that far behind. I think he caught up in CS quite easily and he was matching two items against Ruler. And they were in a mid game situation where um, 100 Thieves were even in gold and able to contest the Drake, but then they got TP flanked on in their bot jungle. And then I think they got caught out of position, like who he just overforced. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think 100 Thieves made like a critical error to make it so Gen G would win that game. Yep. Similarly, against Flying Oysters, they drafted this super early game comp. They played like Syndra, Kalista, uh, I can't remember the exact champs, but they went Renekton, like full all in winning. Leeson, Syndra, Renekton, Kalista, Pike. Yeah. And, and when Genji got this bot dive off and they double killed the enemy bot lane with a better comp in scaling, I thought it was over. Yeah, it but was the game over. just turned into like madness to the point where Oysters were almost able to flip Baron. The game just looked so um, messy. And Look close. When I think of LCK teams and I think of Genji, I do not think of messy. I think of like slow, progressive, calculated yeah. uh, like offensive moves to get your team ahead and then just choking the enemy team out. I never really expected Gen.G to have games where they devolve into like that kind of madness or a game against 100 Thieves where you have such a good, strong early bot lead, but then you just slow the game down to the point where enemy AD can catch up, enemy top is ahead, and now you're even in fights. So that's why I feel like my trust in Gen.G is kind of faltered because if you watch their finals, top was in just pure isolation and their mid bot side was just ahead to the point where you get to a dragon fight, they're one or 2k up and their dragon fight execution is just flawless. Yeah, and then from that point onwards, they're untouchable. They won't make a macro mistake. Like they'll they'll play on two lanes no matter what, and Doran will just be like weak side ish, uh, yeah. never really getting that much resources from from Peanuts. So I never really, I, I looked at the finals. I thought Genji would be a bit stronger than they are right now. 
Me, me too. I, I'm not ready to count Genji out though. Oh, no, I think not. I think um, my top three would be uh, JDG. I still have in there. I think Genji, and I don't know if this, this seems funny, but like I think I put I put Damwon in instead of RNG because I, I like I still have a, a tremendous amount of faith in JDG, um, and I felt Damwon like if I'm putting them in there, Damwon would like at that level like that was like the best game i th- i thought we would really like kind of kind of seen I, f- I feel like Damwon Damwon can be extremely competitive i feel like the meta fits them really really well yeah. um so i do have a lot of faith <laughs> in them um so the only only team i w- would have really have kind of like seen enough that i'm like okay i'm willing to drop you out it's top but the, the funny thing about top is that like you can talk about like oh maybe the, like the meta has changed or this or that or the other thing but like I watched probably 30 games of top this year, like between like all, all their playoff run and everything. And I watched a fair bit of the regular season. And like, I feel like top was the team that I like, even, even though I had them in my top three going in, I'm like, I could see them winning worlds. But also if you told me that you were a time traveler and Jackie Love ran it down five games in a row and they got knocked <laughs> out in groups, I would believe you. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> so like... Jackie Love against Rogue was making some really weird positionings. So, I mean, like, as much as I'm like, oh my God, how is Top losing two games? I'm also like, no, that tracks. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of funny though how we bring Top into the discussion and none of us, and all of us have similar-ish picks, right? You have the Gen yeah, yeah, you yeah. have the damn one, but none of us talking about Rogue. You know, and Rogue looked really convincing. Yeah. And it's so hard it to believe. It's pretty funny Rogue, with two right? LEC representatives oh, no, here. Yeah. What, <laughs> that what neither you of you but, have any but euphoria. It's, it's interesting how like we put our top three, but we don't even add the discussion or the argument to have like Rogue in screeching top four or top five in a I, sense, because like it's so hard to believe in them, but they're doing so well. And I, but I feel like when I start believing in them, they're gonna start doing badly. And I don't no, I mean go I'm down not that. like I'm not like <laughs> psyching myself out as like a mental game thing to avoid jinxing them. Yeah. I'm not that superstitious. Yeah. I think I think the the struggle is. I'm on the same wavelength to you, right? I'm not we saying that, I'm not saying it. that we, we ha- should have done it because I, I, I agree they're not in my top three either. But like they convincingly beat top, they convincingly beat DRX, who were flawless in play-ins in 2019 when G2 beat. T1 in that best of five. I would not have predicted G2 going to that best of five. I wouldn't have. You thought they would get knocked out by like Damwon before? Uh, no, I thought that they would, I thought they'd get knocked out by T1 in that best of five. Like, oh. I, like I, I am a person who's like perpetually on the pessimistic side because mm. like if I haven't seen it before, wouldn't believe it's possible. Now every, every G2 best of five after that, I'm like willing to consider the possibility, but it's like, I think for Rogue, it almost feels like in my eyes when it comes to international competition for the West, there's this like tier of competitiveness that you have to unlock by like, like pr- until you beat, you know, an LCK team or, or an LPL team in a best of five, I like don't put it on a thing that you have in your like character sheet. Like it's mm. just not on the cards for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that that is unfair to Rogue because they have played so incredibly well. Yeah. And I think the big thing to me is it's not like they've done one thing every single game. And the top esports game was fantastic for them on so many levels. The fact that Maorang has shown us his Jarvan, that it has remained ban worthy, is like, okay, great. So now we know that what they're doing domestically is transitioning to an international stage. Sick. The fact that he played Lee Sin, Lee Sin is like the number one champion that if Maorang had picked it domestically, I would have been like, oh my God, what are they doing? Because it's like, has to impact early game, which Maorang very active in ganks, but oftentimes it's just like, super feast or famine fall behind and this is a champion that in the hands of someone who isn't executing on it flawlessly looks like piss useless late game like so bad but he was great he landed that excellent kick he was clean across the fights it was and they keep impressing me every time i want to doubt them or give a reason to count them out i feel like within the next five games they've proven that they can do the thing that i don't think they can do 
have you felt about um about like their their priority on on Callista and whatnot? Because it doesn't feel like it's it's as popular, but they've done um, two Callista games, one one Lucian Nami game. Yeah. So it's been like a lot of like early game stuff for comp, which I I can't say I super expected. Mm. Um, I will say like I've been impressed with how they they've like pulled it back in some of the later stage games. Like because I, yeah. I I keep feeling like okay. Calista, they're kind of going late. Like the Gam one was like felt like the most sketchy game actually. Yeah. The Gam one felt like they were maybe going to start losing. Like it, it started feeling like okay, you're kind of getting the later stages. Maybe it's not going to really work out. Um, that was had, where they slowed the game down way too much, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they had was it? Did they lose a bear? And there was like something that went. There was one moment I, I remember that went like really bad, and it started feeling like okay, maybe they've actually lost the game, mm-hmm. and then they, they were able to pull it back, obviously. Um, but it started getting really, really competitive, and I was a little bit surprised. Like coming coming from from playoffs and stuff, I thought they were going to have like priority on like Caitlyn and like a lot more scaling stuff. And like yep. it has been all about like early game for for bot lane, and I think that has been totally fine because obviously they they are playing like a lot of scaling in their solo lanes, right? Like they're doing like you know Odo Omne and Maokai, and they're doing like Kaziers and and Victors and so on and stuff like stuff mid lane. So I'm just kind of curious how you yeah. feel about um about the prior one early game ADCs. I think that's the exact formula that they got ever since they won against Fnatic in the semis and coming into the finals. And given the meta of like uh, Sejuani or and Maokai being like top tier top lane picks. Yeah. I don't think Odoamne ever struck me as like the carry player. He's yeah. never really like the, the he will pick Jace and he will one behind on side. Maybe he'll pick things like Kennen for teamfight or something like that along those lines. But he will lean more so to top champions, which is kind of like Europe in a nutshell. I feel like barring Broken Blade and Alfari, our domestic league was very top centric in terms of just tanks and then also mid bot focus. Yeah, I also think that um, like overall, like that's generally what we've seen most of our success on. And yeah, even even Broken Blade when he has when G two were winning in spring, it was all Orn. You know what I mean? Like I think EU teams have Orn looked Jarvan their best when the spring run right. Yeah, when top laners are playing engage tanks yeah. basically. And basically, what happened in that semifinals against Fnatic was Humanoid has game one, Silas pops the hell off. And then all of a sudden we had like a mage meta for three games, whereas Victoriana, Victor is here and just matching each other. And that's where Rogue just stuck with, stuck with that formula from that point onwards and it works for them. So they have mage mid, early game bot, tank top, early game jungle, play mid bot side, happy days. And they've just come to Worlds and done the exact same thing. And I thought Lucian Nami would be something that's dropped. Apparently not. European yeah. teams still think it's it's really viable. Kalista is their really high prior. But I think that what I will say about Rogue, and European teams is I think they're quite easy to read, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think their one twos will always be Azir Kalista or their earlier like three pick Orin will probably be in there somewhere. Renata's yeah. in there. Ooh. Like their pool of champions is quite obvious. And I wonder if that's going to be exposed in the next group stage. And that's I think G2 is kind of excluded from that. But like Fnatic and Rogue feel like the same team in terms of draft yeah. structurally. Like Azir there's some Orin. niche, there's some yeah. niche picks, but it's it's the Azir in the mid lane, some early game bot lane to, to bridge the gap you know, into the mid game. And like, I like it. It feels very clean. Jarvin. <laughs> and I think it can probably get EU through the rest of the group stage, but I do worry as we get further. Five. Because I don't, and it's not just like, in general, Kalista is a champion to me that feels like the better your opponent is, the harder it is to just get a ton of value out of her. Cause she demands yep. that you do something really good early game. And to be fair, regular season comp, Kalista King, playoffs comp, you know, like great Lucian Kalista, like they're getting better and better on that stuff. But when I look at like the quality of like just like a failure players across the board that you're going to be running into in best of fives, I get more and more concerned because I think that the execution has to stay at has to stay at a high level and probably even get better to justify that pick. And also because we haven't seen them play, um, and again, this is mostly fanatic and and rogue at this point because G two are in their own little world of like yeah. crazy yeah. drafting. Um, because we haven't seen them play to top side like when the draft forces them down that road, and I think that it probably inevitably will at some point, like 
that's the th- if they can check that off for the end of groups and show us that they can play around topside or that they can mix it up a little bit and play like play an Aatrox when it's open instead of just taking these year and giving away the Aatrox if that's what it comes down to like that would help instill a lot of faith for me for both Fnatic and Rogue because I do worry about teams who are like strong enough on the top side of the map to just blow you up or match you on the bottom or play something to match you on the bottom side like because that's mm-hmm. something we haven't seen as much of usually they're getting advantage in draft for bot side even if late game they're going to get outscaled I mean, we've been seeing like uh yumi sivir is undefeated it's, yeah. it's 4-0 uh viper hope jackie love gumi played it so like obviously all good teams played it right yeah. but it actually looked really good in every game that it was played right yeah. um you know and and i think that there's been a lot of champions that you know, we can kind of move into a bit of a meta discussion if you guys want. Sure. Uh, a lot of champions that people were expecting to just be like gone that are clearly not gone. Lucianami yeah. clearly Poppy. not gone. Poppy not gone. Silver Silver Yumi clearly Very not, not gone. gone. Um, Thank God, Zeri's gone though. Zeri is actually dead. <laughs> Thank I mean, God. Um, yeah, I, I was pretty tired of it. So like, there's there's a lot of champions that are like we're expected to be out of the meta that I feel like are being almost like. They're, they're so not out of the meta. Like, they look really, really strong. I feel like they're still yeah. being under-prioritized, though, because people haven't really readjusted to, mm-hmm. to their expectations of some of this. Like, I feel like, based on the games that I've been seeing, Silver Yumi, I feel like we've been, we should be seeing a lot more of, of Silver and Yumi, to be honest, which isn't maybe the most exciting thing to ask for, but it's like every single game that has come out, it has been dominated by, by that pick. Mm. Um, they have not been getting really bullied in lanes pretty much at all. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people that I had talked to and, and my expectations were that if people are slapping down Yumi's, that it's going to get slammed by like Caitlyn and Lux and, and these kind of double range um, bot lanes and stuff. Karma. And Karma, like yeah. uh, Karma Ezreal was another one that a lot of people were worried about because against double range, we have like an ADC plus an enchanter. Generally, Yumi can't actually auto without just getting slammed in 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 the trades, right? Yeah. Like yeah. so, Yumi needs to be able to actually pop off and use the passive, or you just go um, and your yeah. your trading is horrible. Um, but no one has really been punishing it very heavily. And I know ever it's kind of like almost a meme, but like everyone's always surprised by Yumi's damage. But Yumi is going to be Luden's Q max every time now, and yeah. Yumi does real damage. Like it is actually crazy how much damage you do later on in the I game. I, I saw JDG or something like the highest damage is their support or something. Yeah, with JDG, yeah. I think it was. <laughs> the, the, some of those Yumi games are absolutely nuts in terms of just raw damage output. Medic was tweeting about like the damage to gold ratio is crazy because she just like does so much damage with so effectively so little money compared to any other role. Yeah. And obviously buff a lot of stats i think the big issue that i have maybe not issue but the reason that i think like i agree with you completely i think more often than not caitlin is banned anyway and to be fair more often than not yumi is banned but when that's when that's through you should be grabbing it every time because my thing is is if we ignore the level one from the fanatic edg game and just see how that game can play out there's so much pressure on fanatic to build a sizable lane advantage because sivir just inevitably hits a threshold and especially against Callista, where she just one shots the wave and leaves and Callista just once she hits that point Callista never gets to just sit there with the sivir ever again and this is the thing that i think makes sivir so especially frustrating is it's like her wave clear one item and onward is just so accessible especially when you have the yumi to just give you those extra ad stats that like you just don't get a chance to interact with her again until team fights. And she's mm-hmm. just so much more relevant than you at that point anyway. She's mm-hmm. just so annoying to deal with. One, yeah. one tiny thing. It's only four games, but plus 22.5 CSD at 15, plus 17.58 uh, gold at 15 is the Sivir stats from four games. All right. The upset game is in there, and they got absolutely hard blasted. It's only four games. And it's I, I know. I mean, I'm teams. just saying that like, I'm pretty sure if you if you chalk that out, it'll be like reasonable CS numbers and then one like plus 50 for the EDG it's, game. It's just you know funny, what I mean? Right? Yeah. It's just funny. 
funny. It's like this this terrible early game champion. If you can barely scrape by, you can be good late. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was just thinking about it while you're having a discussion about like regional or like yeah different regions priorities. And I remember there was a couple two games specifically between uh, an LPR and LCK team against the Western team where they were banning Viego on blue side. And I was just like, why are they banning Viego on blue side? These Eastern teams think it's just broken or something. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the meta, it's like Renekton, Viego, Aphelios seem to be like, and Kai'Sa seem to be like the, the Eastern read of how these champions function. And these are like the strongest champions. EU seems to think like Lucian Nami's OP, Ornn and tanks like this. Yeah. Um, and early game junglers are still the go-to. NA Control has like mid. this. NA has like this, Fiora idea that it Fiora seems, MF Fiora MF early yeah. game focus and it just seems odd as well so you've got like these three different meta reads coming in because I looked at this LBL or LSK team and they're banning things like Viego on blue side and I'm kind of thinking to myself what happens if you go against Rogue and you ban things like Maokai Azir Kalista right yeah. and you just Dare them to say, okay, let's leave Caitlyn open, go and play it. Okay, we'll go and play play Xrox. Well, you, I'll play my Jackson to it or something like the Eastern teams. You know, they just take your 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 foundation of champs away. So now you're on A tier champs rather than S tier, right? Instead of playing Maokai, maybe play, you play things like Orin. Yeah. Instead of playing like the Kalista, you have to play like the Lucian Nami or something Orin, like this. Victor, Lucian Noah's Nami. Here, you have to play Victor. How does the game look? You know, I wonder. And how do LPL teams like dissect the European meta, which I think is the easiest to target because the LPL meta is more carry top focus. You know, we've seen yeah. Jace, yeah. Uh, we've seen Renekton from Nogri, for example. Um, three six nine is also on that train. So I feel like they're playing things like you know Jax blinds, Renekton blinds, Camille, Jace. It's a bit harder to deal with because mm -hmm. you need a lot more of a skill expression if you want to match top lane, right? And you want to play Jackson to Camille or you want to play Fiorin to Camille. Um, so it's a lot harder to figure out what to do as the as the Western team and the Eastern teams have a lot more of a better idea in terms of like just out skill expression. Yeah. You. Yeah. Um, I, I, so yeah, I feel like drafts can be quite targeted and just like it's interesting how the different regions have different reasons. I, I disagree a bit. Um, just sorry, can you keep a straight face? You know, it's, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's it's hardest to target. Uh, you know, easiest to target EU because you can target NA by just leaving whatever they want to pick. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was wondering why you were laughing and disagreeing. I was like, <laughs> you mean we shouldn't ban the Nidalee? Just, 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 no, you just leave the Fiora Nidalee MF up. You know, yeah, let's have the set uh, Nidalee. Tom Kench too. It's an easy, it's it's an easy target. Yeah. <laughs> oh, would have been so no. good if I could have not laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could keep oh, a straight face. You just leave it blind. Because <laughs> yeah. I really want, like, as soon as I say, I really agree. Like, you're like, hmm? No, you it's because you're like, I really disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what is he? Is he okay? I, <laughs> no, I'm not okay. No. I think the thing <laughs> that oh remains to be seen past, if anyone's going to be in Italy or whatever, um, <laughs> is uh, I want to see more from Larson specifically as we go later in the pool on, on that subject, because I think Azir and Victor always feels good when you're like, Azir feels amazing, and then like the rest of the control mages feel fine in the context. Because Azir has playmaking, right? Playing Azir, that, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Azir that's has, the biggest drop yeah, off. Mobility's got playmaking. When you're forced onto the Victor, and the enemy gets to play not Azir, and it's not just Victor Azir, and Orion is now eliminated, which is its own. Yeah, that problem. thing that hurts Larson. It hurts Larson and it hurts the draft. Because I'm curious, because I look at like I look at Shahu playing this Lissandra, and I, like I see RNG as like almost a, just a very different team. They're playing Lissandra and they're playing these aggressive junglers. You know, whether it's the Grace or this the Viego, and I and I wonder how Rogue will 
matchup against a team that's willing to play like that specifically if Azir is taken the, off the table. The but, reason I think it's sorry, just quickly, so the yeah. reason I think it's easily targetable and EU might suffer a bit is because the LPL team can do one of two things. One, they can play the carries into you, right? And if yep. it doesn't work, then they'll just play your style against you. So the rogue would find it a little bit harder for have Odo Amnate to play like Camille into Jace. Yeah. Executing, you can do both sides. Exactly. Executing the harder version of a draft is, is not something that you're able to do. They'll always stick with that one plan, whereas the LPL can fish out a best of five, play the carry matchup, see if it works, and then if not, match Gragas into Orn, you know, and then just yeah. match you with control mages with like Knight yeah. or whoever it is, Victor versus Ear, and see how they, they perform. I, th I think that the biggest the biggest drop-off between like S-tier and A-tier within within like a section, it really is control mages, because I do think that a zero to Victor is a massive drop-off, not only because of the playmaking, but also because you're so gankable comparatively yeah, right it's so much easier to actually pressure a victor um you know if you if you get an early gank like if you path through mid early you force a flash or whatever like you're talking about playing against the lissandra style like yeah. it's actually really scary playing early ganking jungler plus lissandra or whatever is victor it is so easy to force flash like you need to be able to have your team there then getting your vision on both sides you need to be yeah. covered at all times otherwise victor can't walk up where azir you just hold one charge of your soldier at all times and you can always eq yeah. backwards i think the best example of that is gammy sports catty i think it was against rogue he got ganked like four or five times and he was like zero three zero yeah. or zero four zero on the victor but the game slowed down so much by rogue that he actually got to the point where he was at three items to match the enemy enemy control mage so mm -hmm. that's when the victory is like back really in strong the game. yeah i think the victor only ever like the the moments where victor has felt best has almost exclusively been against callista where he's just also callista in a mid to late game fight and she literally is too, she's too short range she cannot play yeah. a fight she just has to back away from the altar die you know and like those those are the only times where i'm like wow, Victor looks better than his ear. It's just like in that single context where the enemy carries are so short range that they just like have to leave the fight basically yeah. rather than walk into his ult. Like that's yeah. that's about it. Because I think it's just... Azir does functionally all the same things, control space super well, but also has mobility. And I mean, like that's even, all it takes. Even like you look at... Um, you, know, you talk about, about zoning out with the ult and stuff. It's like... Some of these flat pen Azir builds, like when yeah. Azir is going like Comet, Luden, Shadow Flame yeah. um, yeah. with, with Sork Boots. And it's like... You you queue you queue a Sivir and you auto once or twice they lose eighty percent of health. Humanoid onto oh onto God. Viper, yes, right? That's true. Almost true. one shot. Like he, he, it was it was literally I think Q plus one auto or maybe it was two autos. I two, think it was yeah. two autos with two soldiers. I think. Yeah, just like auto auto. Yeah, both soldiers just hit. And yeah, it was like what? But it's it's like you're just so outranged in those situations. So you, yeah. like I do agree. Like I mean, Victor is is a nuts late game. It's just early game you are more exploitable, and yeah. the LPL teams are really good at, at punishing cool. some of those windows. And uh, that's always been the region that I think is so consistent about. It's like your summoner's down. Oh, you're going to die. You know, like um, th their teams I think are very very good about playing around missing resources and really attacking people yeah. who have that vulnerability. Like if you do misuse a, a resource or or you don't have vision or you do spend your flash or whatever, uh, you often are going to pay for it. Yep. Shout out to his ear. He just gets to do everything. Shout out to my boy Azir. Shout out to my boy Azir. Holding it down for Sharima. He just Sarima. gets to be a little baby Lee Sin mid lane at level 6 till he has two items and then he just gets to be a hyper carry. He's just like yeah. living the dream. He's you so, know? so strong. He even got nerfed a little bit I think as well. I wonder if yeah. he's... I don't think people like over exaggerated that his ear is dead, you know, but he did get hit and he's still like S plus tier in, in, in he's just competitive insane. play. If he's ever it's viable, like, he's I, so good. His I feel, kid is just so damn good. I feel bad for the balance team sometimes because there's champs in pro play which are just absolutely absurdly broken. But in solo queue, they're like 40% win, win rate. And yeah. it's like, so what are we, suppo are we supposed that's to nerf the, it harder? That's the problem, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rise problem, the Zeri problem, the Singer problem. Like these champs were so low win rate in solo queue um, and like high reload. But in pro play, they're like S plus first big I feel, I feel like we just like, it just has to be accepted that some champions are just 
only for like incredibly skilled players or you're at a disadvantage, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I honestly think that's okay. Like I think it's okay yeah. for there to be a group of champions that are just permanently low lower win rate in solo queue. But if you are amazing at it, it's an amazing champion, right? And then inversely, I think it's also okay for there to be champions like, you know, Nasus and Garen and, and whatever that are like permanently 53%, 54% win rate and stuff like that in solo queue or whatever. Like, and, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. and we'll never see a game of pro, right? I think that's fine. I, like, yeah. I have no problems with that. Here's the take. It's all very halt because I think you agree. <laughs> <laughs> this is a room the, temperature the, the, take yeah, from take. The room's pretty warm though right now. So yeah, it's pretty warm. Um, <laughs> uh, most exciting worlds meta ever this year. The only argument I have is 2019. Was I was like, going to say, was like first Irelia Akali. Yeah. Um, what about the Sensor meta? Shut up. Oh, do not speak. <laughs> okay. Do not speak. It's, it's on par. It's like the 2019 meta. I think the thing is, is that this meta is super Variety. diverse. And in terms of draft, I think this meta is like absolutely nutso. That's um, crazy. It's like really cool. What 100 people can do champs already out of like It's just hard to match. It's hard to match the spectator now, appeal of 2019. Because like watching Akali versus Silas versus, you know, Aurelia, Aurelia every single Aatrox, game. Jace, triple quad. Kaisa, you know, it's just like how many flex picks can you get in your first three and yeah. where can you put them? That was great. Was it? You know, yeah, that one's my, still my favorite. This is close second though. Because like I actually really like the meta diversity. Uh, and on that subject, like. We're at 161 champions in the league now, by the way. Damn, getting bigger every year. What do you guys feel like is the uh, has been like the pick of the tournament so far? What is like the, we talked a lot about Azir. I feel like he's got to be on the short list. The best, it's Maokai. The best, you think the best pick in this tournament is Maokai? Yeah, easily. I think this champ is just so brokenly over. Like you can flex champ top jungle support. You can probably play Senna Maokai if you want as well. Um, and we've seen Hilly play at supports. We've seen Odo play at top. We've seen uh, lots of junglers play in jungle. The only team that I don't think plays Maokai is JDG because Kanavi is just the, the carry king. Um, but I think this champ just provides so much to your team in terms of utility that it's just absurdly strong and also gives you good early games if he's in jungle and his clear speed's actually not too sh not too shabby. I, I think um, Maokai's up there. I think Azir's up there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I, I feel like Aphelios has been incredibly, incredibly good. Aphelios, I feel like, has been somewhat underrated. Mm -hmm. Um it has looked good in like almost every game I feel like I've seen it. It has like a 70% win rate. It's the second most picked champion at Worlds with a 70% win rate. Um, which Yumi. I, I found a little bit surprising. Yeah, Yumi, Yumi and Sivir are only have only been picked together, but they have a hundred percent win rate. Um, both four and zero. So those have been doing really well. There's a few champions that I'm say, I, I'd say I'm surprised by. Partially it is just because of like who's playing them. Like yeah. Rel, Rel is four and one, right? You know, like who would have thought that Rel would be kind of doing as well? But then you look and it's like, okay, missing barrel. Um, Targus has a game. Uh, Qual has a game. I guess the Qual game. Maybe, but but it's like, you know, uh, people are doing quite well with some of these picks that I don't think were as much on people's radar. Yeah. I, I think Aphelios is a super good call. I feel like he's probably best in role. Outside of maybe Caitlyn, who's like permabanned. I just haven't seen enough Caitlyn to have yeah. a strong enough opinion. But she's also one of those champions where I feel like kind of similar to about Callista, where like you really need to do something specific to maximize the value of the champion where i feel like a is just always just good. chilling just he's always exist. good he's got gang he's got good excellent gank setup on his own right which pairs doubly well when he's got any kind of follow-up that's why i love the thresh lane especially is you just like 
you can actually hit a hook in a thresh lane when Aphelios sets you yeah. up, even if it's just with the slow. And you know, you know I'm going to nerd out. Dracos is always, he grin. always perks A lot of very good Aphelios. Um, the other thing that I think is like really annoying about this champion, specifically in the context of pro play, is how quickly he takes towers because it always feels like Harold is such a good deal these days. And I think even Aphelios can't match that, but he can at least like contest it a little bit. Like Whereas like... Kliss is not taking a tower. Like, mm -hmm. none of the other champions in this meta can take a tower. Like, Tristana, I guess if Tristana becomes a bigger presence, Jinx is essentially non-existent, so... But those are the only other two that can really do it. So, I think Aphelios is a good call. I still think it's probably Maokai. Aatrox deserves recognition, but again, isn't so, like, Wampa Stampa OP when we've seen him. Mm -hmm. Just clearly better. Clearly, like, best in class, but not, like, unstoppable, mm -hmm. unbeatable. It's also, like, the picks and bans basically, like, were are like flipped from play-ins to uh yeah. like you know it's like in play-ins it was like you know say 17 picks and seven seven bands or whatever it's yeah. basically the inverse now where it's mostly just getting banned it's not actually getting through that much anymore yeah mm. so i think maokai i think the big thing about maokai and orn and i think that this is what's going to make them good forever as long as they're semi-viable at all maokai doubly more vi increasingly viable because of his flexibility and roles but like the fact that there are two tanks in this game who can just throw an alt out and just like not have to commit their body to the fight is so annoying. Every other tank in the game is like, oh, I got to be and in there. And they can be on the same I team. I have to <laughs> risk my life. You know, I have to I have to leap in face first. Style. And if I make the wrong call, I die. Maokai, all right, trees go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> you know, light them up. You know, orange, blow the horn like you're a get in there like why are we allowing tanks like this to exist in the game Malphite has to fucking football tackle his ass in the middle of the <laughs> yeah, team Silent has to steam train their heads yeah steam train their heads and they're like if they flash dash slide step slightly to the part right part two accepting you know, death yeah. you know just like you do nothing these guys are like let's see what happens all right, we're taking the fight. You know, yeah. like, or, like, or like it's kind of true. Actually, they're just engaging from fucking Narnia. Yeah, I mean, the sapling utility obviously good. The flexibility is what pushes Maokai over Orn in that capacity. But I just think tanks who can just engage without having to commit anything Sap past a very low cooldown ultimate in late game is like Jarvan literally locks himself in, a, <laughs> in, in, in an octagon with you. <laughs> it's like full fist we fight. fight. Yeah, like it's just yeah. Doesn't uh, seem fair. That's yeah. all. Saplings are actually so broken, though. It's, it's, so it's actually crazy. It's like you just put one point in it, right? It's, and, a and it's, it's fucking a four second cooldown because you have thousand CDR and you just, <laughs> every like you don't have to mark any flank because every flank is marked, marked. by a stupid yeah. little sapling, and it's it doesn't even just spot them; it slows them and everything too. Yeah. Did you ever play against Maokai supports with that rune like Sorcerer's Touch or something that like burns your death HP? Fire and death fire touch, and he has yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're just walking around into these bushes. <laughs> just burning to death from these saplings yeah. i hated that meta so this rework i think obviously like successful in terms of i think maokai clearly looks like a lot more fun to play but i'm just also very glad that at least they did take out the stupid like max health damage saplings like imagine those were still in the game just getting one d just getting <laughs> just the full <laughs> tank top lane maokai you like roam up just as a, a jungler nuke. just, just <laughs> done <laughs> little space Maokai with a little Martian too. when he stacked like six saplings in a just bush just wobbles its ass over yeah, to you and does 70% of your health just these little men just running over just, just <laughs> rolling up on you that's <laughs> where you bring out the, the Gregus Maokai duo just stack the saplings in the brush and they just Gregus ult them into the bush and they, they get one shot I'm just saying yeah. it could happen you know Dracos goes full American when he keeps saying the word ass look at his stupid ass <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it, bro. All I can see is just walking a little like a little Krillin walking to top lane, just these green mother <laughs> coming yeah. out of the bush, just jumping on him. That's it. <laughs>
go next. Um, baby I mean, there's the good news is there's a lot of good picks this tournament. There's a lot of picks that are exciting. But, but the worst a, pick. The worst. What is the worst pick in the tournament? Do you want to go first? Because I think Isaac and I might have the same worst uh, the, pick. Because we're maybe we're mind melding. Tournament. What is like the most disappointing? Don't pick anything that's been picked once. That would no, be the no, only no. Rule. Some, yeah, if it was just picked once, I'd just say niddly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. I'm, I'm right there garbage. with you. Well, I mean, was that the pick or was that the, the play or was that both? Both. Both, yeah. yeah. It was probably both. The most disappointing pick of the tournament. I don't know. How's Rennington doing? Because I feel like Nookery just went 0-4-0. 3-6-9. 1-2, I think. 3-6-9 yeah. had against Oren. Then Flying Oysters played it as well. I don't know. I kind of want to pretty good in the Flying Oyster game. I okay, say. you yeah. want to think about I it? I kind of want to lean to... You can think so of, so yeah. my current one that I'm thinking of is Jax okay. because of how underwhelming it is against the Aatrox matchup and then how useless it seems to be in fights. But I think RNG's Jax looks good. Yeah. But that's my only pitch right now in terms of like... If only Breathe looks good on Jax, that's a dog shit champion. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest here. <laughs> like, if, well, there's no if that, if that's If that's the bar, it's like, well, if you're literally the best in the world at it, you might be able to win a game or two, <laughs> you know, like. You got me there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone else seems to think they can do it too. Yeah. <laughs> and it ain't working. Uh, so yeah, I'll think about it, but that's my current pitch. I'm, I'm good. So I think I know what you're going to say, so I'm going to say a different one. I'm going to say MF. Ooh. So MF? that was my backup in case you said the one I thought okay, you were going to so, say. So yeah. you have the main one then. Yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. what you're going to say, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I, I'm going MF because I think from where the expectation was, to where the reality is mm. has been so disappointing. Yeah. Um, priority has, has completely dropped off, but also it has just looked pretty trash in, in every game that it's been played. Yep. Um, yes, it was it was a lot of LCS games, but just in general, people coming into this event, I think were so high on, on MF. Um, as, as just a pick in general, it was crushing in solo queue, it was super high it win was rate. So powerful, it was so strong in solo queue. Mm. Tons of pros I talked to were like, MF pick ban guaranteed. It's going to be like, you know, it's going to be really good at worlds and stuff. So um, I think that one, and then I'll, I'll do, I'll give you a two for one combo. I think Varus has also been pretty, pretty garbage. Varus has yet to get a win also. I only remember the Jackie Love game. Who else played Varus? Um, I, I can, I can pull it. I can banned a lot too, to be fair. I can pull it up. Yeah. I uh, let's see. Varus is zero and five. Okay. Uh, we have Duck Dom, uh, oh, Kauri, yeah, Style, Jackie Love. Okay. That have all played it. Yeah. Um, and the only game I can remember that that was like not doing too bad was the Duck Dome game. Yeah. I, they were carrying a Nuguri, which just like running it, right? Yeah. It was a yeah. Varus Renata, right? I think. Yeah. I will say, I I think that Varus is not at nearly as bad as MF. MF has been. MF, MF is for sure. MF bad. is a massive course, disappointment. Yeah. Just like the amount of, and again, like maybe we'd feel differently, but I feel like the fact that the top 80s in the tournament aren't prioritizing it also is pretty indicative that it's not as good. Um, yep. Feels so easy to cancel the alt, to walk out of the alt, the amount of champions that can just yeah, quick pillar. dash to the side, the pillar, the endless pillars to just instantly cancel an MF alt. It feels... Trundle, Braum, Orn, Nami, yeah, like there's the, so many answers. Yeah, it just feels like... Mm -hmm. I can't, it's hard to think of a team comp in the meta that can't just instantly cancel MF alt. You know what I mean? Like, and you can't kill frontline at all. No. And that's a really big problem, especially given the prevalence. So we're seeing Maokai Sejuani very often, like, handshake banned every single draft. Yeah. And, like, despite that, there's still Orin and Poppy nearly in every game. You know what I mean? So there's just... It feels impossible to get value out of that pick uh, on paper and in solo queue. I think it's still probably really strong, mm. but, like, it just seems so hard. I, I give Varus a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. I think that we'll see as the tournament goes on, but with the evidence that we have, I can't dispute that it has looked awful. It's only, it's only been banned four times, by the way. 
Yeah, there was just I, a few games where it was banned, yeah. I think, phase one specifically. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like there's maybe something that's happening in scrims that we haven't seen manifest on stage yet. Yeah. Um, my pick, which I think might have been Isaac's pick, although there's now that I'm looking at this, there's actually a lot of champions I think have been bad, but if, I, I hate Fiora. That I was hate, my pick. Yeah, I, okay, I, I was going to yeah. say, it was that or Talia. Yeah. I, I hate Fiora, man. I like, I get it conceptually. I watched you play a million Aatrox games into Fiora when you're getting coached by that Aatrox one trick. And despite that, I was clapping them by the end. No, you weren't. No, <laughs> you, were, you were a one. You were ten over ten. Pretty good. I, I just like I. I really hate champions in top lane that don't have reliable CC immensely. And I, and I feel like Fiora is, unless you're like absolutely solo Q esque raffle stomping your lane, and she yeah. just feels like she offers so very little. Um, every single game is a dragon soul. Every single game is Baron fights. <laughs> And I, I just think she doesn't bring a lot. And despite that, she has a better win rate than Jax. But honestly, I take the I take the, the Jax or the Fiora. Who, who is it? The one on it? Broken Blade one. Breathe one game. Breathe one again. So you have to be literally the best in the world to win. And then uh, there was one other. There was, was uh, it Zeus. Zeus. Yeah. yeah. And that was Zeus was the first game. I think Zeus. I think the only Fiora that's impressed me is Zeus Fiora. Yeah. That was Zeus the ghost Fiora one. Was when because what I what I also think of when I see Fiora is that you pick it into a tank. You leave that lane in isolation. If they try to gank the Fiora, she'll eventually be ahead. So it's no point for the enemy jungler to play topside. You all play bot side, and the Fiora has like a 30 CS lead and a couple plates, right? Yeah. But in most cases, the Fiora has nothing and the CS is even. And like the Wunder game, when he, I think, I can't remember who it was against. Was it against Fudge, the Wunder game? I think it was Fnatic C9, where they were playing yeah. Orn, Orn Fiora. Yeah. And the Orn's just even. Um, and I think there was a similar one with Broken Blade versus Impact, where yep. the Orn, the, the Maokai was just even. Um, but the Zeus game, the Zeus game, yep. this guy was like 40 CS up. He had four plates and the Fiora was just like running rampant on side lane. If you yep. can get to that point, I'm all for it. If I you like, can't get to that point and win your lane and smash it, then I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm on the same Ty is crazy. He's the only one who took Ghost. And I wonder if that's just going to be some of the tech to like run people down in long lanes. Ghost is also, I think, way better for team fighting than Flashes. Mm. Yeah. I think um, like in, in a lot in a lot of the cases, because you already have like you already have lunch, like you already kind of have like your little mini gap closer. I think Ghost is just so strong in team fighting because you can actually get the resets. It like yeah. allows allows you to stick to people really well. It also makes sense when you're trying to proc multiple marks to and your yep. you know gives I mean? you move speed, right? So yep. you can chase yep. with, with ghost and your cues like procking nonstop. Yep. I, th I think I think ghost is really, really strong. Obviously, mm. Flash has more playmaking ability and yeah. stuff, but like ghost is really powerful. Um mm. but I mean I, I agree with you in general. Like I, I just think that it's it's like yes if you can create that massive advantage where it's like you're farming plates you're up you're up cs whatever you have huge pressure they're locked under a tower then like it's great but it, it seems so difficult to get to that point and oftentimes you just have like an a fiora on even keeled that just is forced to join team fights yeah because you can't seem to end the game through side we're seeing no games ended through side like at all at worlds right yeah it's Get an advantage inside and then come to the fight. Contest midway. Yeah. And so it's like if you're if you're gonna be doing that, like I would rather see Jax. I would way rather see Camille for like that style of champion. Yeah. A, a team that has a, a champion that has an easier time team fighting. Um Fiora, it's like if you play everything perfectly, like it can work out in lane, and then you come to the team fight and you like you know you time your parry perfectly and you do a get perfect flank and you do all these things right, then it can look really good. Yeah. But it just seems like very, very difficult. To, to get to that point. Yeah, she just feels like her minimum guaranteed output is so low. When you compare it to like Orn, when you even compare it to Camille or Jax, champions that are similar in class, like the guaranteed minimum she can provide in a fight is nothing. Like Jax can stun somebody, you know what I mean? No matter yeah. what the fight, like, or get a flash or get a summoner spell, like Camille will stun somebody, lock somebody down. You know, if she's super far ahead, she'll one shot someone, she'll go to the next one. Even Fiora, like, yeah, I don't know. I just, oh, how much wow. of Fiora do you think is a scrim gem? 
You know, um, you played in scrims. You like won me two game. You top jungle on a side for, lane. I mean, she for sure has all the attendees for scrim champs. No utility, very Especially strong, like, specific content. I feel like what would what, what I presume happened with the Fiora conundrum is Eastern teams arrived, Western teams scrimmed them. They played their tanks. The Fiora in scrims destroyed the tank. Then yep. they tried to imitate the same thing, and they never got the same results. So I feel like. As much as I said before, Rogue was scrimming G2 for a week. You can also get fake data by scrimming an Eastern team, thinking that they're playing something that's strong that you can then execute on. Then you try and execute it, then you suck at it. And now all yep. of a sudden you're like, wait, we could have been practicing our old style. Whereas Rogue never changed their style, right? Yeah. They stuck to the, stuck to the same style ever since they, they played against Fnatic in that semis. And maybe since they were scrimming G2 the whole time, they just never found a different style. Maybe they tried out Maokai, added it to the pool. They added a, an extra control mage. They, they made sure Lucian Nami was still strong. Whereas maybe I feel like NA, for example, got sucked into a different scrim meta and they're just not playing like themselves? Uh, I don't agree with that. So like with, with I could totally see, I think you're making a good point, mm. but I think in this, specifically the case of Fiora, I don't think it's true because that's actually how C9 won playoffs, mm. right? Yeah. Like um, that Aatrox was, was really, really strong and no one really had good answers to Aatrox. And then against 100 Thieves and against EG, both those first two series wins were based around counterpicks to it. And it was Fiora, it was Camille, and I it was Kennen. Fiora a lot of times as well. Um, Someday brought it out after because they got clapped by by uh, Fudge's counterpicks. Mm. So then after that, Someday started playing it. So in, in lower bracket, when he played EG, he started bringing out Fiora, and then he also tried to bring out Fiora in the finals. finals yeah. um, but like, it was Fudge that actually like started that meta. Uh, and at least in NA, he, he was kind of clapping. So... I think I think it was just kind of a continuation of that, and mm. people thought that Aatrox was going to be good at Worlds. That's what worked in an A. Yep. And I know um, I feel like Fudge is getting a lot of hate, and I see a lot of people roasting him. It's like, why would you ever think it? Like you could play carries, you stupid NA dog, whatever. You know, like it's like, bro. Literally, do you, do you not remember last time he was international? Uh, he was doing well. He was actually stomping. Like, he was playing so well on, on Lee Sin picks and stuff. Like, he was playing carry yeah. picks yeah. and smurfing. Um, so, it's like, yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, he's he's not doing well. You, know, you can criticize the play, but I think um, I saw LS tweeting about this as well. And, um, and the idea that it's like people tend to like to rewrite history you know a little bit where it's like ah he was never good or ah this never would have worked yeah. like you know you have to play tanks it's like well like did it did it look good was the Fiora the right read i don't think Fiora was the right read but also like he made carry picks work internationally as a top laner yeah i don't know if you have the same thing but this is my third worlds now but the feeling i get is like these fans just come out of nowhere because they love Worlds, but they've not watched any domestic leagues. Mm -hmm. And they just come into Worlds and they're like, oh yeah, I remember him from last Worlds. That's all I remember. Or I remember him from like MSI. Well, and then like, maybe they like watch shit on everything. Yeah. And they're like, why did you ever do this? And you're like, but they did it in the finals. Like, I don't give a crap. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the finals? No. Okay, well, what the hell are you even making? Hello? <laughs> Bro, I just feel like it's inevitable. Like, because you watch one region, obviously. If you're a league fan, maybe you're just here for international, yeah, a lot of the, which a lot is of understandable. Are like you know? Domestic, you know, or you just watch LEC and then you come to Worlds. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? right. And like, people also have such short-term memory and people also just grasp onto really simple things x champion bad that's why our meta segment's great we're like hey guys mf bad now next week someone will be like you idiot why did you pick him and then we'll do well and it'll be like wait shit <laughs> <You know? laughs> like yeah. people like simple concepts. No, we've never been know. wrong about these things no yeah just, just i see that like some like this is not all fans at all i feel like there's a lot of like regional people who know quite well about what their domestic legal league they watch is but like Worlds like fans just come out of the shadows every Worlds and they're just like yep. flaming everything and then they go back in their shadows until the next world and they come out <laughs> yeah. and they shit on everyone and they come back out. Of yeah. yeah, We're not talking about the people who would be watching this because only the most intelligent and handsome yeah. people. Six foot giga yeah, 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 yeah. Just stunningly. They're all, uh, they're all 6'4 and row for UC Davis. Yeah. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> Wait, they what? <laughs> Who's UC Davis? <laughs> Is that a character? It's <laughs> no, fine. fine. You're good. UC Davis is the next league champ. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a boat. Like it's like Jones a boat. Locker. It's like a boat. It's a boat theme. Like gangplank? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a gangplank yeah. thing. It's so like a ghost, ghost ship. Yeah. UC Davis. He just so rows like, around. <laughs> he's just on a kayak. <laughs> <laughs> like the Elden Ring, like the, the undead bosses. Yeah, yeah, they're the like randomly on the yeah, yeah, That's yeah, exactly it. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, a budget yeah. Yorick Nami hybrid. You're going to love it. Why do they call him UC Davis? I don't know. Well, Davy Jones is copyrighted. Yeah, so they got they got to branch out. They can cooler like... Not to, because we have like, we have a, a week two we kind of need to talk about. So moving on, just to like cap this off, who who is the standout? We talked about standout picks. We talked about standout who teams. Who is your standout player? Gala. I think Gala is playing out of his mind. I think this meta is so good for Gala. And he's like the Kaisa like connoisseur. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know, I don't have my phone or my laptop or anything, but I think he only has like one death the entire tournament. And what I will say is, I think Group D is the easiest for the major regions, <laughs> right? I feel like if you look at other groups, it's like tri like the triple major regions are just innately a little bit stronger, like Rogue Top Esports DRX, JDGG to Demon. It's got a 40 KDA. 40 KDA. Not bad. Man. Ooh, 25 CSD at 15. Ooh, 24.3, but I like to round up. Um, I think he's been performing really exceptionally well. I think there's not a single like part, like misposition, lane, lane uh, face, like mistakes. There's like, I feel like this guy is the one player I look at at Worlds who hasn't made any mistakes and he's just like impressing me the most. He's just the ideal player. Yeah. I mean, God, I feel it's God, hard for me to knock that. I also really like that he's played just Aphelios and Kaisa. I think Kaisa is going to be a big champion as we get further and further, especially like, again, when you're playing like the EU style, maybe not as much, you know, with like the more early game focus, but like the amount of champions who in top lane, when you get out of the tank world, the Jaxes, the Aatroxes who can get on backline, provide CC, provide an enabler for Kaisa to get into a backline is like, at high and I, that's, those are situations where I love having Kaisa on a team because it's a champion you just don't need to worry about. You don't have to fight front to back. You can if she can hit front line. If you're not just outranged, I love Kaisa. When Kaisa's good, she's so, so good. I mean, Gumushi Kaisa is also really insane. Mm -hmm. Like Kaisa is just always a fun champ to watch. I think uh, it has some some instances where like blind Kaisa can be a bit difficult if like Draven's open and stuff like this or yeah. there's a Kalista lane that you get counts picked on support. But in some cases, I think Kaisa is, is quite a good blind depending on events like Caitlyn too. And one thing, one situation I never like Kaisa in though is when people are just playing front to back and then they just draft Kaisa. And it's like, yeah. the, like I think I think you want to play Kaisa with dive, right? Yeah, like it. Yeah, I because agree. because it's like I I hate the games where it's like if people are going just like cracking PD and just only hitting frontline, I'm just like, mm. why aren't you just playing like a Felios or something yeah. else? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I also want to give a special shout out to Ming as well. I think Gala's been playing insanely well, Ming's but Ming, Ming has been playing really well too. Like I can't <sighs> say Gala without just giving Ming a lot of praise because like this guy has always been like the set enjoyer. And we finally got to see like Ming set at Worlds, like an international event, and it did not disappoint. It oh, the four man, the four man face breaker. Oh that's that's just the two K or three K damage oh. or whatever it was yeah. with like no <laughs> items. Just, that's just a taste of the Ming set, baby. Leona North Band. Ooh, just a little, a little nibble. Yeah, There's a little, a little more nibble, to come. There's gonna be more to come. Trust me. <laughs> Ming on engage supports. Ooh, gives me the goosebumps. No more Lulu Yumi Karma. I'm trying to think. I mean, Gala Ming is like such a good. There's because there's just they're an easy win because they're they're three zero. And they individually have just been so damn good. I think my other shout out to like Comp. I think Comp has been Comp playing, has been great. Like, I think the fact that Comp is busting out the same stuff that he did domestically and still finding big success, Dilution, Nami game. Like the mechanics blower. in that lane, you know, when they killed him 2v2 level three, he like dashed forwards, 
fake autoed, canceled his auto, right? Mm -hmm. And as he canceled it, he stepped to the right, and then the Mumuku dot missed him because he thought he was going to stand to an auto. Yep. And then he auto auto flash WQ. It was the cleanest mechanics I've ever seen. Also, his Kalista was uh, like the way he kites is just flawless. I think so. I think those are my like three shoutouts. What about? Um, I, I mean, I I still think actually some of the best performers from Play-Ins are some of the best performers in Worlds. So I still Zeka. think Humanoid and Zeka. Yeah, Humanoid yeah. and Zeka. Actually, Humanoid, Humanoid and Zeka have actually like maintained that level. Like I, I do love the the Gala shout out. Absolutely, him and Ming have. have been smurfing it um but i do think definitely some some respect uh given to humanite and zeka and i'm i'm glad because i was actually really impressed in, in all the games i watched uh of zeka you know regionally yeah and he's a player that i felt like no one knew right like he doesn't have a name yeah. um unless you watch lck then i think people kind of knew him the mid jungle but, just don't have name oh, not mid top the solo lanes of drx are just not very well known yeah most. and and i think that now people are people are seeing this guy is good. This guy is legit, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's really, really exciting. This, as as far as like a like a dark horse for a good performer, um, one that I know for sure no would say. I wonder how you guys feel about how Knight has been doing, because I actually feel like in a lot of the games, I'm looking at the top games and I'm like, the game is fucked, but maybe Knight can carry, you know? And it feels like that actually in a lot of the games. Mm -hmm. And I was I was curious because I was thinking about that, and then I went back to actually like try to like check and see if stats actually supported it at all. He has the second highest gold diff at ten. He's one of the highest DPM in the tournament, and it's like his team is just losing. But I feel like overall, Knight has been having some some pretty good performances. Mm. Um, the Ari game was nice. Ari game obviously insane. Yeah, the, this, uh, this is like more of like a you know dark horse, but yeah, yeah. but just as like a, just a curious curious your ass take on him because top top seems like cooling disappointing. I, I mean, but Knight has been really good in his Azir games as well. I think Knight has been good and depending on how you look at like the definition of like MVP etc. I feel like if if top do make it out of groups it w it has to be because of Knight. Because like we've Jackie Love has had okay games feels like he's getting caught. Wayward's really been struggling. Tian's been fine. I feel like Mark's also been fine but I feel like Knight on his team is definitely absolutely the best performer and I think he had you're right to highlight that he has been super solid, super consistent. The golden left hand baby. You gotta <laughs> love that title. Dude That's China just, has the best titles. Yeah. I feel like anytime we try to do that shit, it's super cringe. But then I <laughs> well, hear I it coming. The first Blood King was the only like. First good Blood one. King was good, but then it was like hasn't been true for like a gajillion no, 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 years. But like Unkillable Demon King. We've got Glover the, the Crabber, and they have <laughs> the Unkillable <laughs> Demon King. We've got Humanoid. We've got what else? Umayan was actually Umayan was, pretty, was pretty good. I don't know where that it was. Random it, was a, it was randomly name generated. Perk said, "Oh man, just came up with it and put it in." And Claps then. and craps. Like none of our names are very flattering. You know what I mean? They're just like they're fun. They're, they're not. They're not epic. Yeah, where's like the faker and the fake or something like that? You know, when he plays yeah. good and plays bad. Why, why, why do I feel shaker. like everyone calls him Shaker? Oh yeah, Shaker. Why do true. I feel like shaker we're a sports team playing against the entire cast of Naruto every time we step up? You know what I mean? Like these guys all have like the coolest names Demon ever. King, the golden you know? left hand. It's anymore i can't think of, I mean, there, there's lots of meme names for the regions too like Bertle. everyone's calling him burden, burden and stuff like yes, that. Yes, <laughs> yeah i mean there's there's funny Showmaker, names everywhere yeah yeah there's a lot of them actually i think yeah. like the caps claps being craps is like a those are just fun names yeah, that's true yeah. Yeah. i mean you really can't beat unkillable demon king but also you have to be a, a legend to get a name like that otherwise it's kind of cringe that is true. It's, it's kind of green. Right? I feel like. Don't, yeah. don't you think, though, when someone's trying to give someone like a super fucking epic name, you call someone the unkillable demon king when they're like the fourth best mid in a regional league. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to like, be fair, like we call Larson like ginger god. You know what I mean? But it's like also it's tongue in cheek. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like low key a meme. The ginger god. Also, there's no there's no uh, gingers in the LPL and LCK. 
Ooh. So you're safe. There you go. <laughs> Jackie Love has red. red Jackie Love has red. Uh, I don't true. think that counts. But, but is it natural? Do you think? It's, <laughs> yeah, it looks about, <laughs> it could be. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, world's exciting, man. That's all I'm saying. Like this is. I, I think we came into the tournament expecting like eight Eastern teams to just make knockouts, and now there's been a lot of ups, not upsets, but like the gauge of strength from from Europe, especially, has just been. Uh, I mean, it's wrong. You know, like, it yeah. seems like they're pretty competitive and. Hopefully the LCS can bounce back in the second group stage, pick up some of their wins, at least try to be forced some tiebreakers. But the problem is it's tough because in three of the groups they're 3-0. So to actually like force a tiebreaker, in most cases you need to go 3-0 yourself, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but the teams that are 3-0 for context right now, Rogue, JDG and RNG, they are guaranteed, I think, from format-wise, they are guaranteed at least a tiebreaker for second to get out of the group, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. If you're 3-0 in the first stage. So... Um, the teams that are 3 now likely will be the ones getting out, of course. Yeah, you have to expect that. And it's going to be really interesting to see what the draw looks like for the quarterfinals draw is always such a banger. You always like, it's it's especially when you get like one EU team out or one NA time out, it feels like the death sentence. It's like, am I getting a semi this year or not? You know, like, is there a road to finals for me or not? Depending on how the draft comes out. I mean, out. Th that's why I think if if you're EU <laughs> fan, you have to be really excited for, for a rogue because um, to me, it's like, if you don't get first in your group, you're not getting semis. Yeah. There's too many. There's too many death sentences. There's too many mm. bombs to hit mm. in uh, in quarterfinals. I think you kind of need to win your group because if you if you hit one of the like absolute tournament favorites in quarters, maybe you can pull off the upset. Here's the plan. But most time it's lights out. Here's the plan. Ready? Yeah. Rogue first in group uh, group C. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fnatic second in group A. Okay. Cannibalize each other to get the semis. <laughs> Call it a day. Yeah. Top four in the world. Vedius. <laughs> I thought you were gonna give me. I thought you were gonna give me a team out that they could beat. Oh no! Well, no, well, you're like no. Maybe, no, no, maybe no, they no, can. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry, bro. <laughs> what, I, what I will say is, shout out to Vedius because after the finals in the LEC, he gave me a hot take and he said, "I genuinely think that Europe will get two teams to quarters and one to semis this year." Like unironically, and I was like, "There's no way." Yeah, I did not think that at all. There's no way. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm serious. They will." Hot take. <laughs> okay, we we we'll respect see. to him and his crystal ball. Um, all right. Not not happened yet, but maybe it looks like it could could happen. Semi is a stretch, but quarters, yeah, maybe. We got one last award to give out. Okay, the inaugural Giga Chat Award. <laughs> the inaugural Giga Chat Award. And I've got a candidate, but I okay. want to know if anyone instantly comes to your mind. Ming, Malrang. Mm. I was gonna say Malrang. Nug Nuguri, a little bit. <laughs> Go zero four zero. Have a competitive game. Lose. Say it was a team diff. Refuse to elaborate. <laughs> Good old Nuguri. <laughs> Yo, my vote is for Malrang. I'll just say it. Yeah, this man just slams Jarvan. And then on he gets serrated stage. Dirk on his second serrated base. Serrated Dirk, lethal tempo. He's just walking in. Just waiting. <laughs> and then he just goes, I don't know. I just go in. <laughs> Lee picks Lee Sin. Roundhouse kicking. Yeah. Dreams. Malrang's up there for the Giga Chat Award. Yeah. For sure, yeah. yeah. And I want to be clear that this award is slightly undefined by design, but anyone who's just done, even if it's been int, anyone who's just been it's pretty fearless. well defined. It's if you're a Giga Chad, you yeah, can win the Giga Chad award. Giga Chad award, yeah. yeah. I think 369 is always like the Giga Chad that strikes me as well. Um, I'm trying to think of others. <laughs> I just like, even though Wayward's having a bad event, mm. I just love watching Wayward, how he's just <laughs> like sprinting it down and just, <laughs> and just um, spam emoting. 
I feel like that's Giga Chad. goes zero six zero. Team favorite. Honestly, him and Nugeti are like fighting for the award. Just the absolute shameless top laners. I think Odo can up be up there as well. The Maokai like one v four with like a Nami next to him, stopping the whole Baron, just like fighting everyone with a sunfire cape. Yeah, almost top damage on his team. Odo, the fact that his like. He just perpetually looks like he doesn't want to be here. It's like my favorite thing about Odo. He just perpetually looks un, like just like unexcited. <laughs> and that's like, I think Odo will always be a Giga Chad, but I don't know if he deserves the Giga Chad award in the yeah, context of yeah, this tournament. Yeah, he is a bit of a Chad, though. I respect it. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. I'm inclined, I think Wayward Nuguri are the best options because Maorang's hype, but there is something especially about the like emoting we'll and We'll do Maorang, Wayward, and Nuguri. We got to keep the, the, three, the, three, the, three, the three together. Chads, the three jewel. If you have players. ever relentlessly fed in lane and spammed emotes, you are a candidate. Good <laughs> 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 shit. How about uh, Jackie Love? Tied for most deaths of ADCs and Legend. second highest okay, DPM. Actually, though, to classic, be fair, the way, the way second he highest DPM, most deaths. Boris, I swear to God, he's like, do what you won't. He's like, dares <laughs> and they do almost every Every time like, I he really like, didn't think you would. He like fakes, he like fakes, he's got like, do you know who I am? And they're like, "Yes, you're a Babaris at level six. He's like, "I'm at Jack you up." Like, oh, no. and he dies. He's like, "I'll get you next time." This time, never, this never. time they're not going to. You will get away with this. Yeah, Jackie Love on a mobile carries is definitely a sight to behold. Well, he's Jackie like Love on, also on mobile carries is a sight <laughs> to behold. True. Yeah. When, he when he's on the mobile carry, he's frontlining. But when he's on a mobile carry, he's diving. He's backlining. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's backlining the enemy team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. I I love Jackie Love. He's such a fucking psycho. He is. He is simultaneously the greatest and the worst AD carry yeah, at the, all times. And that's why time. you love him. That's yeah, why yeah. you gotta love him. It's so good. He's actually. You know what lane I would pay to watch? Just one time. I know it's impossible. Hill is saying Jackie Love. I would. It's not impossible. I would. Didn't they play each other in a five game? No, series? I think he no, means no, on no. the same team. On the same. Team. Oh, on the Hill same. same Jackie Love. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them just mute their entire top side and just like go in on cooldown and then just say like, "Why the fuck is anyone?" They would either win everything or yeah. literally you, like, nothing. Literally watch them two v five one game into hard sprinting it down the next there's a, game. There's a player on FPX. Maybe the same game. There's, yeah. a, there's a player on FPX called Hong. Yep. Uh, H A N G, and this guy is like. Hillehong, that's what they call. That's what I call him as well. Because this guy only goes forwards. Enchanter, yeah, he's gonna flash in level one and try and kill you. Him with Jackie Love would be pretty right, who's, funny. Who's the absolute Giga Chad team? So we have the Shy. We have Hilly, Jackie Love, Bot Lane. <laughs> the Shy, Malrang, Jungle. Jackie Love, Malrang. Who's, who's the mid laner? Lane, like, who's the who's the? I'm thinking who's to the caps, but because he like the way he just ran through the towers, just he like just standing there, tanking them. crazy stuff. He does randomly do crazy stuff. Zeka looks Giga Chad. Zeka does have the yeah yeah. Yeah, he's got the Giga Chad vibes. He does. I think humanoid maybe as well. Yeah, humanoid, humanoid also up there. Not in the concurrent. So we've control got. But he's not like yeah. we need like a more crazy person. We need mm. the five crazy people: the shy, yeah. Jackie Love, Hillisang, Malrang, and who's the jo mid -laner? Jojo? Jojo. <laughs> Jojo. <laughs> That's actually, that's, such it, a, actually. that's actually such a banger, dude. Can you it's, just, Joe, it's actually Jojo. Can you yeah. just imagine? He's just also, flanked. He's flanked by the shy and Jackie Love, and he's just he's just in the lock. I can mid. see him just flaming his own team. Just like, why are you guys sprinting it right now? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. True. The only other candidate that came Honestly, to my head was Doinbee, but I'm kind of like, well, that's my. That's the part that makes Jojo. me the most sad. Is I just want Jojo to win. Like, even as an EU pundit, I Jojo's want Jojo's been good, and Jojo's been good. I want. I love Jojo. 
Jojo. Jojo's my favorite yeah. NA player ever, actually. Yeah, his branding is good, isn't it's it? It's just so good. He just doesn't hold back, does he? He, hold, he talks stuff, even when he and gets beat on. And it's always before on. the game. He yes, thank it. you, because most people are too scared to tweet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they tweet it's, after. It's very refreshing. I love Jojo. And especially when they lose, they're like, yeah, well, I had a good game, but uh, well, I had a good game, but we lost, and they were the better team. And then he's just like, he's just the like next all right. chatting constantly. Here to beat yeah. the hell out of EU today, just yeah. like next Like day. They, they joined the lobby yesterday, and they were against, who were they against yesterday? EG? It was a G JD, no, it was Damon, right? It was Damon. Yeah. He joined the lobby. In the in the lobby, he was just like, hello, 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 answer me, hello, in the lobby. And no one was responding. And he was like, hello, you guys there? Question mark, question mark. It's like, he doesn't give up, this guy. Then when the game starts, he writes, hello, hello, in all chat. like, Jojo, chill out. He's actually so funny. Yeah. Like, high APM player. He's always, um, he'll like spam the emotes in the client and stuff too. Like, he'll just yeah. be spamming la like laughing, crying emoji. Yeah. Or he'll do the like spook face. He's like, please don't show me, Gabby. Like, you know, please. Yeah. And every, like, I started every game in NA and stuff they'll be like oh god you took comet scorch didn't you oh biscuits too i'm going down like you know it's yeah, like it's a lane yeah. gap isn't it you know yeah, <laughs> like, he's funny he's so funny oh, i love him all right coming up all in right. traditional groups fashion we got four back-to-back -back days of groups each day we'll close out a group day one is group a starting with fanatic c9 a revenge the potential c9 will have to do the the fanatic classic if they want to make it out which is of course Three zero need momentum, <clears throat> momentum, speed, energy. Yeah. Yep. Six foot vertical. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm excited to see if they can adjust at all uh, in week two. I don't think they're going to get out, but I hope that they can show. I do believe, you know, as, as much as people always are going to say Kobe makes uses whatever. I do believe they're they're playing below their level. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I want to see them at least at least turn in some some solid games, right? Because this is not. This has not been a, a good tournament. They are, like, as I said, they're the team that I had the most hopes for. I still thought they were underdogs to get out of the group, but I thought they had a, a realistic shot if they played at their at their best. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm hoping that they can show that. I'm hoping that they can get some wins, at least have some competitive games, um, you know, and, and use it as a learning experience. Um, but, I mean, Group A, I just think, is is such a banger. Group A is, is to me, like, the most exciting group. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's it's very up in the air still. You know, Fnatic obviously got some huge wins in the first go-round. Uh, we have Fnatic C9. And then Fnatic Team One, like first two games of the day. If you're an EU fan, that's going to decide a lot of of the group right there. Yeah, because so. we're doing each group on each day, right? Yep. So yep, it'll yep, be yep. Group A, Group B, Group C, Group D on day one, two, three, four. Yep. So it, it's it's going to be really really fun. And also, I mean, things show also starts change. Earlier. Show yes. starts earlier. Show starts earlier. I think it starts at 10 p.m. in Europe or 11, but now it'll start at like 8 or 9 p.m. It's two hours it's early. Two, two hours early. Whatever it was for you before, it's two hours early. Yeah, because of tiebreakers. Conversions hard. Um, do you want to do some quick fire, just like real, real fast around the table group predictions? Just two teams you think get yeah, it out. Cool. We can follow up on them in the in the next the coming episode. Okay. Uh, nice. Group A, I'll say Fnatic T1. Hell yeah. Group B, I'll say Hot Take Damon G2. Group C, I'll say DRX Rogue. Okay. Group D, I think it's Gen G RNG. I think that's I, I said it's that one's tournament. Free. I think Group free, B is the easiest to predict. Uh, but I think coming into the tournament, the easiest predictions for your pickums were just eight LCK and LPL teams. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like Group A, EDGT1. Uh, group B, JDG Damon. Group C, Top Esports DRX. Group D, Gen G RNG. Oh my God, I know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> but now I think, I don't know, just throwing some hot takes. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think JDG and Top Esports might not get out, but you think JDG funny. won't get out? JD, I just, the three O JDG. I just put Damon. Because in my pickums, I put Damon G2. I don't want to do that. That's the most euphoria. That that that's the, you've been just been huffing the euphoria. Yeah, 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 okay, okay, Group B. 
you say yeah. Jeep that one, but you know. Well, I mean, a G two could get out, but it's like if they're uh-huh. G two were to get <laughs> keep out, keep, keep going, keep going. If G two were to get out, wouldn't it be more likely that they get it over Don Juan? They're only one game back. <laughs> yeah. And JDG choke it zero three. Look, he's good at analysis, but not the math part of analysis. Okay, he struggles. <laughs> that was like the Dagda uh, ninety fifty ten, where he said ninety percent a chance that an LPL team bombs out in groups, fifty percent chance that quarterfinals is all LPL LCK. sixty <laughs> percent of the time. Like, wait, LCK. the numbers are really lining up here, Dagda. If there's a ninety percent chance they're out, how is there ninety yeah, percent chance they're yeah, all yeah, in? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay, I'll change to JDG. JDG what? Now you're fine. You keep it. You said it. No, it's my pickums anyway. So, so were you going? You were going all three. Ian? Hell yeah, baby, <laughs> bro. You're... I'm coped up after that first group stage. Oh my god. <laughs> you right. coped up as well? No, oh. I'm going EDG fanatic, uh, and then I'm going JDG damn one, of course, okay. and then Rogue DRX and RNG Genji. I, I I'm very basic in my predictions. I think so, the only so controversial... you're basically just doing everyone who's already top two. Well, I mean, T1 Cringe. is the only one that I'm really cutting out, right? Okay. I think well, T1, I, T1 is tied, I guess. Yeah, yeah. T1 is tied, right? And yeah. I think they're, li- they're listed third on this graphic because of alphabet. But no, yeah, I think that based on what we saw, like T1 could turn it around, but I, I think that I haven't seen them tr- like draft the way that EDG and Fnatic are drafting. And I like what EDG and Fnatic are doing a lot more than what T1 is doing. That yeah. said, they're still insane players. Zeus is still like an absolute menace or has the potential to be an absolute menace in the context of this group. So I think it could go either way, but I believe in the in the scaling side of these of this group, which is EDG and Fnatic, I feel like. LCK week two is uh stage two is scary though. Yeah. It's I'm gonna, scary. I'm gonna go uh T1 uh T1 Fnatic. I'm gonna go JDG Don Juan. That's not spicy at all. Um I'm gonna go rogue. I think top will bounce back. I think top top will bounce back. Um just because they had bad games week one, to me, because I've watched them have horrible mm-hmm. games and then have amazing games, doesn't doesn't just eliminate Poor them. Zeka. Um, I think I think Top could bounce back and get out, and then yeah, group very D's. very boring Group D. Just say Flying Oysters. I'm going it. Flying Oyster Hundred Thieves. Oh, to be fair, there's man. like <laughs> yeah, I feel like Group A is spicy, and I feel like there's some room for interpretation in 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 Group C, but like Group B feels pretty decided. Unless you're, I think deep on the EU hopium, but maybe not. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong about G2. Wait, what? And Group D is done. Group D just feels like wrap it up, boys. Let's yeah. see who gets first seed and get on with it. I mean, that, Group D felt done before, but I do want to see a Gen G yeah. RNG tiebreaker. I want to see Gen G win it and then get the third game so we get like that'd be GTB really good. Really that's a slapper. Yeah, that'd be three before the before the knockout stage. Nice, nice. Banger. All right. All right. Well, that uh, that's going to do it for this episode of The Dives. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you dive subscribe. Foria. Dive Foria. Say Dive Foria. <laughs> for this episode of The Dive Foria. Thank you. Thank if you're you. watching on YouTube, uh, make sure it's... I, this is literally autopilot. My brain just went to what I've said a thousand times. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe not to the LCS YouTube, but to LOL Esports because this is Dive Foria, an yes. international product with my international brethren here. Uh, for all the full episodes, oh, we'll be doing okay. one more episode from New York and then one in Atlanta and one in San Francisco before all the weekends of games. So a lot more still coming at you. Thank you, Gotham Studios, for hosting us for today's episode. And make sure to tweet any questions you have. Uh, it is, yes. Uh, you have for us throughout the world so we can a- answer them in future episodes. Use the hashtag, we'll say dive for you. And, yeah. uh, and you can, uh, we can grab your you questions from that. anything Wait, you want. Batman in New York? They Pro. filmed Batman in this studio. In this, this is what they're yeah. for. Wait, you're actually sitting for. in the Batmobile yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. now. You remember that scene where like the Joker pulls the pencil out and bam, that was right here. Yeah. I know it looked like a kitchen or nope, an industrial wasn't complex there. or oh, a parking garage. Was, no. Worlds this continues Thursday, crazy. October 13th. The completion of Group A. Things kick off with Fnatic versus Cloud9. 3 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 p.m. CEST. 
From OCU Fanatic fans, we'll see you there as we wrap up the group stage. Bye. Bye.